At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM on VSIN, the sports betting network. So, Michael, we got the NBA back yes. to. I, do you not find the Eastern Conference fascinating? You've yeah. got 12 teams in the mix. Remember, six automatically qualify, and then seven through 10 with the play in. So, you don't want to be seven through 10. And frankly, one of the favorites to win the championship right now in Brooklyn, they're sitting eight. So, they're right now in a spot where they're going to have to play a play in. Um, but this is fascinating. This is, the East is so much deeper than the West. Five teams within two and a half games of first place. Just six games separate sixth through 11th place. You know, if you want to throw the Knicks in, you've got 12 teams legitimately in the mix to make the postseason here in the NBA's Eastern Conference, Michael. Yeah, and we don't even know based on the health and injuries of other teams, you know, where's Brooklyn going to be, you know, where's Durant. The Celtics are the team to me that over the last 10 games have played the best. I mean, the Raptors are playing well, too. They're 8-2. and two. They're the seventh seed right now. They've come a long way from where they started. And, and to me, the Celtics gone through that bumpy road, and their yep. value to come out of this is pretty strong. You know, they've been very good. They had the, the blurp in the road when they lost to Detroit after a great win against, against Philadelphia. They lose to Detroit. But to me, I think they're a dangerous team. And, and like you said, this thing is all upside down. Last year, the Hawks made it to the conference final, and now they're the 10th seed. So, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard conference to handicap because there's so many moving parts. What's Philly going to look like when, when Harden gets steps on the court tomorrow night in Minneapolis? You know, what's their good team going to look like? I mean, the fact that they're 12 games over 500 to me is somewhat remarkable that they've been able to play this well with missing so many players. But the same can be said for Chicago. Same can be said for Miami. Well, I want to cap that Boston game coming up tonight in Brooklyn, but just quickly on Philly. So right now I've got Philly. And again, these odds are going to differ book to book. I've got Philly about three and a half to come out of the East, three and a half to one. So plus 350. And then the title odds sitting around six and a half to seven to one for Philly. But you just nailed it. How is Harden going to fit with Simmons? I mean, this is the, the he's so ball dominant and that ball has to go through your boy, the big Embiid, because he's playing remarkably well. So the, just the continuity and as far as how those two are going to mesh together with the two man game is going to be fascinating in Philly. No, I, I think there's no doubt. And then where does he fit defensively? You know, how does that all play out? I think that's also the issue, you know, because we've seen there's video clips of him on YouTube not playing an ounce of defense. So how does that all work out? And, you know, where does Maxi, who's a really good player. Yes. In the Young Star Tournament, where does he fit into this? You know, and are they going to be able to space the court? I mean, the numbers are staggering when they put four shooters on the court with Embiid, you know, in the court space, and he can do what he can do. So, look, Embiid's at the three-point line as much as anybody. He's out there as well. So it isn't like he's a a ball-dominant, low-post player. He's out there trying to, you know, create shots out there on the wing as well. So 
it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, how it works out. You know, they signed uh, Cauley Stein to a 10-day contract to be the backup center. Where does that go? You know, there was some talk that they were going to be in this buyout market. That hasn't happened yet. So you got a guy in Harden, usage, off the charts, ball dominant, and they've got 24 games to figure it out. That's what, you know, it's interesting. We kept on talking about we're 75% of the way through the association season. I kind of love this little stretch coming out of the All-Star break because there's so much on the line as far as seating and who's in and who's out. Let's quickly take a look. You mentioned Boston at Brooklyn. This number's jumped up to nine with Boston laying it and 214 and a half. Michael's been all over Boston, and that's for good, good reason. They headed into the break. Winners 11 of their last 13. They had that nine-game win streak that they snapped a loss against Detroit, which is wild. But during that stretch of 13 games, they've been absolutely dominant. And that nine-game stretch, six wins by doubles. And in that nine-game winning streak, the Celtics held seven opponents under 100 points. So they're they're great on offense right now, and they're defending their asses off, the Celtics. They're one of the best teams in the last two weeks defensively. They are defending like crazy. Overall, they're number two in the in the league in terms of defensive numbers. So you know, and their offense, their offense over the last few weeks has improved. They're 14th, but when you break them down over the season, you know, they they really their numbers have been very impressive. They have been very impressive, and they're coming together as a team. And you know, for all the disconnect that they had earlier in the year, Brown getting traded, Tatum, how does it all fit? You know, they have played well, and I think that they certainly have kind of found themselves over the last 10 weeks. And well, it's interesting to see tonight if that trend continues as they move forward because they found their niche. There's no yeah. doubt. Other than the stubbing their toe against the Pistons, they found their niche. I mean, you know, they got the big man inside. You know, he almost has 10 rebounds a night in Robert Williams. And, you know, they're getting great production out of, uh, out of Tatum and Brown. So, you know, you know, I think ultimately this is a team that's going to be tough to, to deal with. Well, I think, you know, I was watching a Celtic game last week. I can't remember who it was against, but I just noticed the difference. They had such great ball movement as opposed to just isolation play. You know, with Tatum and Brown, they had great ball movement. Uh, they're the second best rebounding team in basketball. You mentioned the defense has been great. And they're going to get Robert Williams back tonight. The big who missed a couple of games because of the calf. Yep. I think that's important against the Nets team that's completely depleted. And the pickup at the trade deadline kind of went under the radar. Big Derek, one. Derek White gives you instant Hard. offense. Instant really offense. good. I mean, really good. Started one game in the four that he's played so far, you know, and, and he can put the ball in the basket. He shoots well. Uh, his numbers are impressive. I think that was an, I mean, Harden and Simmons got all the publicity on the trade, Prolingus trade, Derek all White. that, Porzingis, you know, but this Derek White trade to me was significant for the Celtics. There's no doubt. They're actually getting good minutes from Horford too. You know, a leader. Yeah, and and his good role, I mean, that's, you know, the Sixers paid him for a role that he couldn't play in. You know, and, and who's going to turn down the money when you get that much money thrown at you for, to play in a role? So he was playing in a role that he – this is the perfect role. He, you know, he's playing 20 minutes a night. He plays some five. He plays some four when they need him to, but he's not always – he doesn't have to guard guys. You know, he can go guard and beat as opposed to guarding some of these more athletic fours. You know, it was just when you looked at that, Harris was playing out of position, Horford was playing out of position, and frankly, Simmons was playing out of position because he was the point guard, but he couldn't shoot. So they had three guys playing out of position of the starting five. 
I don't generally feel bad for the bookmakers, but there are two games, and we're going to start with the Hawks-Bulls, two games where you can't set the total, the over-under high enough tonight. So they're sitting at 240, Atlanta at Chicago for good reason. Let me set this up for you, Michael. It's the two best three-point shooting teams in the league, Hawks one, Bulls two. The Bulls are on a five-game win streak where they've averaged 121.2 points. The Hawks coming into this one on a two-game win streak where they averaged 127 points. So these are two teams. You can't stop them. I mean, both effective field goal percentage teams. These are two teams that can light it up offensively. You know, and the last time they played, the Bulls won 131 to 117, which clearly went over the number. You know, and when you look at the last 10 games between these two teams, both they're six and four on the over. So obviously, you know, again, Chicago, you're always concerned about their health. You're always concerned about where are they going? You know, who's on the court? Is 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 everybody playing? Is uh, uh, Levine playing? I mean, who's all healthy and all that? But to me, this is with Trey Young and the Hawks. They got to get going here. I mean, Nate McMillan's got to get his team going they're here. They're right now the tenth seed. Yep. You know, and they they've got to get going, and they haven't. We haven't seen that spike. I mean, the last five games they're just five and five. They've kind of got to get it going a little bit, and, and it starts with them putting the ball in the basket on a more consistent basis. That Their defense, you know, they give up 110 points a night, so they've got to be able to shoot much better. No, you nailed it. And by the way, Atlanta's sitting 10 right now. They're only a game up on Washington for that last play-in. So, and back to Michael's point, we got a 240 total tonight, Hawks at Bulls. These two teams played twice in late December in a home-and-home, and, home, and Chicago won both. First on the road, Chicago beat Atlanta 130 to 118, so over this posted total tonight. And then they beat uh, the Hawks at home in Chicago 131-117, well over. First off, they covered in both. There's a three number tonight, and they went well over the posted total of 240. You can't set it high enough. No, because both defenses give up 46% shooting from the floor. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're close to 50% giving up defensively, you know, and they both shoot really well. Now, the Bulls shoot 48% from the floor. So that means the ball's going in the bucket. There's no misses, you know, and so they're going to just be able to do that. And I think, you know, this is a moment where I think the Hawks have to play in the last 10 weeks. I mean, the last 10 games, you know, they average giving up 111. The last 10 weeks, they've given up 114. That They're actually getting worse on defense. Yep, better on offense, worse on defense. Michael, a big get for Chicago tonight, Zach Levine returns. Remember, yeah, that's the, to me, that's the key, right? He, he returns. He played in the All-Star game. He missed before the break a bunch of games, but he played in the All-Star game. So he's back, ready to go tonight. It, it's, a, it's a very interesting team because they don't have a ton of size. So come playoff time, I think the Bulls are going to be overvalued. But tonight, lane three with Levine returning and DeRozan on an absolute heater. He's the first player in NBA history to score 35 or more and shoot 50% or better from the field in seven straight games. The first player ever to do it, and he comes into tonight with that streak alive. Yeah. I mean, and look, the number's 240. You almost think, it. how does it keep <laughs> – it, it opened at 34, Patrick. Well, we got two 240s to, on the board. When we come back, I, I want to well, do Memphis yeah. and, and Minnesota. But that one opened at 39. That one opened at 39. This one – I mean, this is just getting bet up. I think at some point, if you're betting the 240, you're getting the worst of the number. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, you nailed it. No, you're right. They, it opened 234 and a half. It's all the way up to 240 and a half at a couple of shops. So that and then Memphis and Minnesota, we're going to get to that coming back. Open 239, sitting 240. Michael, I was pouring through Minnesota's numbers this morning. They're a miraculous team. That Jenkins should get some coach of the year looks. Now, Monty Williams is going to win it, but 
Minnesota's numbers, and we come back, we have to talk about this team. They're playing a pretty good Minnesota, ex excuse me, Memphis's numbers are insane. And they're playing yeah. a pretty good Durant, Minnesota team. Durant's so much team. fun to watch. Oh. He's so much fun to watch, though. Ja Morant, they're a young team, but they're well coached. They play their asses off. And as you mentioned, Ja Morant is a legit superstar. We'll come back. Memphis, Minnesota next here at Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, if you missed any part of our show today here on the Lombardi line, VSEN. Again, you can check out the podcast, vsen.com/podcast. Stay up to date with our free podcast. All the shows are there, including the Lombardi line which can be found wherever you download your podcast. You can get Coast to Coast with Greg Hoops Peterson, also JVT, we're just talking NBA. Uh, it's all there, so make sure you check it out. Josh, who's going to join us next, his podcast is up there. Follow the money, my guys in the desert. It's all free. Vsin.com/podcast. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. If we, if this wasn't a 76er show, it'd be a Memphis Grizzlies show. Because <laughs> let, let me just lay out a couple of things for you. First off, they've got the best ATS record in basketball. They're 40 and 20, mm -hmm. which is insane. They're covering an absurd 66.7% of the time. They lead the league in scoring. They're tied with Charlotte in scoring. They also lead the league in rebounding, steals, and blocks. They're a handful. They, over the last 15 games, offensive, offensively, efficiency-wise, they've been off the charts. This is, a, and it's not a team that started the first couple of weeks great. So think about what they've done, Memphis. I mean, they've been awesome. No doubt. I mean, and, you know, 41 and 19 over the season, you know, they, their, their numbers when you go through, you know, all the data are impressive in terms of the last two weeks and during the season. I mean, the last two weeks on defense, they're the, they're the third best, they're the 14th best team defensively. They're the seventh best offense. But overall, you know, they're sixth, they're sixth at five on offense and, and eighth on defense. I mean, and Morant is able to create a shot and the supporting cast has been outstanding around him. And, you know, whether it's Bain, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whoever, whether it's anyone else that plays in there with them. I mean, Brooks, the name I was yep. looking for was Dylan, Dylan Brooks, Brooks, who I think is really good. And Jackson, I mean, to me, you know, th this is, and I think Adams gives them that dominant, gotten, dominant is the wrong word again. I mean, he gives them that steady inside totally. presence, the physicality that they need when they play against some of the big teams that they have to face. They're really well, I think they're well-designed and well-crafted. I think they're put together really well. I like the way you put that. Also, since Christmas, Memphis has covered 21 of 27 games. They've been awesome on the road as well. They're 22-8 and eight ATS on the road. They head on the road tonight out of the All-Star break, take on the T-Wolves. Let's talk about Minnesota. Minnesota just 4-5 and five ATS in this spot as a home favorite this year. So this is a point to the Grizzlies. This number open, too. A little surprised to see it get back down to 1.5 with the Grizzlies laying it, Michael. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the, the untold story, I mean, as, as good as Memphis is this year, and there's no doubt that they're, they're really good. But when you go break down some of Minnesota's numbers, when you look at them and say, where are they? You know, and, and, you know, where do they rank? And point differential, they rank 12th. You know, 
you know, their win differential is only 26, but then some of their other numbers are really good, especially when you look at the spread differential and their losses and wins. And so they're a little bit more of a surprising team than you think. And they're seven and three over the last 10 games. You know, and they've been able to get consistent play. They're a little dysfunctional because you know that they were kind of, you know, with D'Angelo and all the players that they have on their team, you kind of think, you know, your guy who wins the three-point contest, Carl Anthony Towns and, you know, Russell and all these personalities. But they've done a good job of it coming all together this year with Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Towns, and, you know, even Beasley coming in off the bench. To me, I, I think you you can't not neglect the numbers that they put up. This is not what the, usually we're used to on a Minneapolis team. No, you you just mentioned it. And Edwards, by the way, he was dealing with the ankle before the All-Star break. He's rested. He's going to be healthy. And offensively, Minnesota's been great. They've taken a step back a little bit defensively. They've got a really good coach. Uh, it's just it's a team that m- nothing was expected of them this year. So to be contending right now and, and for a playoff spot, that's huge for Minnesota. No doubt. No, no doubt. And, and I mean, you know, they, they're, they're young players like Edwards and we, you know, they're getting production out of those guys. And, you know, nobody wanted to touch Russell when they took him, you know, because he's a live wire off the court, maybe perhaps on the court as well. But to me, you've got to give the coach credit for, for really being able to come through and put this team together and and, you know, where they are, they're above 500. They're in a playoff run. I, I think it's actually one of the untold. Nobody really would really. If you ask somebody on the street, you know, what's going on, you know, how they doing, you would say, oh, well, you know, they're probably either going to be picking in the lottery. No, that's not the case. No, and you mentioned Chris Finch, who's done a hell of a job. I think these are two teams. We can throw the Cavs in there as well. The Cavs have been a great story in the East. Specifically, it's a great conference. But the Grizzlies and T-Wolves may be, outside of the Cavs, the two teams that are kind of under the radar. And it looked that, and I saw a great quote from uh, P-Bev, uh, Beverly today, about the T-Wolves because they're sitting seven, so they're in the playoff scenario. But he said, look, we're not satisfied with just making the postseason in the play-in scenario. We want to get up to six. And remember, six qualify. Denver is sitting six right now. Minnesota's just two and a half back. So plenty to play yeah. for. No doubt. And, I mean, the last time they played was they played at the begin- early in the middle of January and the Grizz won 116 to 108. But then they played back early in the season in November and the Timberwolves, you know, put 138 on them. This is when the Grizz weren't playing as well. So, you know, this will be a perfect opportunity to see how far they've gone. You know, especially since Minneapolis, I mean, Memphis opened the season 9 and 10. Think about that, Patrick. Yeah. They opened up 9 That's and right. 10. That's right. They didn't have a great start to the year. And here they are sitting seven uh, at 31 and 28. What's interesting about Memphis. So I mentioned just any number, any metric you want to look at. They've been awesome this year. Um, As far as the best scoring team in basketball, when they when they score 120 plus, which happens a lot for Memphis, they're 19 and 0 when they score 120 plus. So they're going to defend as well. Best ATS team, Memphis in, in, in basketball, as I mentioned. I, I was a little surprised when I saw it sitting two on the board. I thought it might jump up to two and a half, but it's gone the other way down to one and a half. You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, the, you know, in, in the last 15 games, Minnesota's had the best offense efficiency. And with Edwards back, I think when, when they left, when the Timberwolves kind of went into the all-star break, they had played seven games in 11 days. So they were tired, fatigue. Edwards sprained his ankle uh, right before the break against Toronto and missed that. So 
I, I think now that they're healthy, I think that their offensive efficiency, they can keep pace with Memphis. And I think this is why the, the lot, it's up to 240. And I think ultimately that's why the line has come down. A hundred percent. We mentioned, you know, Memphis, even on the road, ATS-wise, they've just been awesome. I mean, that, it, it's, it's a fascinating team. And they're young, too. I mean, these are actually two, two young teams, if you take a look at what, Memphis and Minnesota. Number to come out of the, what's the number for them to come out of the West? I mean, they may be a good number. Memphis, what's their number to I'll come give, out of the I'll West? Give it to you, I'll give it to you right now. But, but that core that you mentioned with Brooks and Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and – Desmond Bain in his second. Bain has taken a big step in his second year. Huge. There's the number. Huge. NBA Western Conference odds 12 to 1. So your betting favorites plus 175, the Warriors. The Suns plus 190, essentially the same. The Jazz are 6 to 1, and the Grizzlies are 12 to 1. I'll tell you right now, I think 6 to 1 on the Jazz is throwing money away, and I think the Grizzlies is interesting at 12 to 1. Throw, you want to throw money away? 16 to 1 on the Lakers. That's a St. Jude's pick right there. You throw that money away. <laughs> why, why are the Lakers even on that board? Like, why are they there? Why are the Clippers at 50 to 1? The Lakers are only 16 to 1. I mean, the Mavericks are better than the Lakers. They play better than they're at 20 to 1. I, I, I wouldn't bet the Mavericks. I'm not suggesting that. But at 12, at 12 to 1 with a Grizz, I think that's a pretty good play. I agree. You know, just like I think the, the, the Celtics at eight to one's a good play. I mean, if you're gonna make a little bit of money, you gotta you gotta get some good numbers for you. And I think those two teams have good numbers. I'm not saying they're gonna ultimately do it, but you you're gonna have to hedge your bet a little bit. You just mentioned the Lakers who are sitting nine in the West right now, right? But they're what? They've got A D out for four weeks. They're gonna somehow try to stay alive in the play in scenario. You know, San Antonio, New Orleans could potentially chase them down. Portland's playing good basketball. Lakers could miss Portland, the postseason. since the trade has been really good. The Portland's been, been very been outstanding. good. They've been outstanding. They got Golden State tonight. Now, that'll be a tough one for them. They host them at home. But to me, they're, they've played much better since their big trade, getting rid of CJ and, and kind of revamping their roster. Well, think about, Michael, what Portland did heading into the All-Star break. They beat Milwaukee at Milwaukee. And then they beat Memphis at Memphis heading into the break. Those are two yep. of the, I mean, the trailblazers who prior to the trade deadline had been playing horribly. They go to Milwaukee and to Memphis, two of the best teams in basketball and beat them. And Portland's sitting right now, 10 in the last playing scenario. You, you've been all over that. You, you were talking about that team heading into the all-star break. Yeah, I mean, look, they they, they have you, you got to give them. I mean, they kind of adjusted to it. You know, sometimes when you make a trade, you think the locker room's going to fall apart. But I think they wanted to make room for Simmons to kind of show his skill and and let him come out. And I think he's done a great job with that. Yep. And you mentioned Golden State at Portland. So Portland's hosting the Warriors tonight. And Golden State opened seven. It's been bet up to 10. I'm going to have to check the actives to see why such a jump. But seven bet up to 10. Golden State at Portland tonight. Yeah. I mean, look, the one thing I will say, Portland, you know, the Simmons, he scored. He scored basically he's averaged 30 points, 51% from the floor, and 47 from three points. So when they made that trade, they opened the door for him. There's no doubt. <laughs> the Lakers coming out of the West at 16-1. to That is the epitome of a St. Jude's pick. There's no other way around that. No and I, I do like Memphis at 12 to one like you coming back with Josh Applebaum here Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. 
once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, before you make your next bet, go to vcin.com. has everything you need. Latest betting splits on every game. Find out which games are seeing the most tickets written. Odds, data, analysis for every game. Start your next sports bet at vcin.com. Makes it first. Just go bookmark it right now. vsin.com. Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. Des is here, which means we're either off the air or definitely on the air. <laughs> she ran in here. She was freaking out. Uh, good to see Des, though. And also, good to see Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Hi, Josh. How are we feeling today, man? Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. Feeling great today. Obviously, guys, big news. The NBA is back, so we were done with that long all-star break. We now have action tonight again. Seven games overall, so let's go through a couple games in the NBA. Got a couple in college if we can hit on that later. NHL, we'll see if we have time. But the first one that caught my eye, the Celtics and the Nets tonight, guys. Number one, you got a lot of guys out for the Nets. Obviously, Durant's still out. Kyrie's still out. Simmons, we're waiting on him. So it's kind of a you know a squad here missing a bunch of their guys. You saw a huge steam move here toward the Celtics. Celtics opened as low as like a three or four-point favorite on the road they've been bet up all the way to minus nine right now uh the last time these teams played it was a blowout for boston 126 to 91 i'm not really comfortable laying the nine right now you're kind of getting the worst of the number what i'm interested guys is the total you see you saw some money hit this over the total open around 213 and a half has been bet up to now 214 and a half so you got a little bit of money uh hitting this over couple analytics plays here to the over both these teams are top 15 in offensive efficiency the Celtics are 15 the Nets are 11 uh, the Nets are also uh, one of the top uh, 10 play uh, 10 teams in terms of pace and tempo and really what you're banking on guys to me is the Celtics continuing to, to play this good offensive basketball since adding Derek White you're seeing this line go big to Boston so does that mean you know like that other game 126 91 they put up a ton of points to help you cash this over against a net squad missing some of their guys that's what I'm banking on so Brooklyn, 6-1 and one to the over their last seven. The over is 5-1, and one, the last six head-to-head -head between these teams. I like the move to the Celtics. I just can't really endorse laying a nine when it opened at four. But give me the over here, guys. I'll take the over 214 or 214.5. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried about the over. I mean, just because the way Boston has played defense. I mean, the last two weeks are the best defensive team in the NBA overall. Overall, you know, they're the second-best defensive team in, in terms of the numbers on cleaning the glass. So... Um, that would make me a little nervous here, Josh. It quickly. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Josh. One second on I'm, Michael brought this up earlier. I just want to follow up because he's right. So New York City Mayor Eric Adams came out yesterday and said he's hoping the mandates start to phase out in New York. But it could be a couple two to three weeks where Kyrie then could play in Brooklyn. I just wanted to get that on the table. Josh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, Patrick, you're totally right. So you're kind of mentioning that. And uh, also Eric Adams, he took a shot at people that work from home. He said, you can't live in your pajamas all day. And like, you got to be out in the world. Like what about uh, those of us who do work at home? Like give us some respect here. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but with the Nets guys, to your point, you know, if you're looking towards some futures, the Nets are plus 600 to win the championship. Only the Suns and the Warriors have better odds. And then in, in the Eastern conference, the Nets are the favorite or tied favorite here with the Bucks at plus 280. So just wanted to fit that in. But the other one guys, keep an eye out tonight. Uh, would be looking at the Suns and the Thunder. This is a play where I'm going to put on that hazmat suit, bet some Coke machines here with the Oklahoma City Thunder. What you've seen here is the Suns are still a big public play. They're getting like 60% of bets across the market. But the big thing is no Chris Paul. He's going to be out for a while. And if you look at the Thunder, they are getting Shea Gilgis Alexander back. So their star player is returning here. This game opens Suns on the road laying 10 and a half, even though they're getting a majority of bets. This line uh, at one point kind of stayed at 10 or 10 and a half down to 10. I would wait. I think you can probably get the hook if you wait this thing out. 
but this is one of your top contrarian plays of the night. Kind of some line freeze action here. And OKC, even though they have a really bad record, they're one of the best teams covering numbers. They tend to lose, but sometimes they tend to cover 35 and 19 against the spread, second best in the NBA. And then also, if you look at home, 15 and 9 against the spread. So, do the Suns win? Probably. But with Chris Paul out and Gilgis Alexander in, I'll grab the 10 and a half. See, see if we can lose by 10 or less in this one, guys. They're they're fun to watch. The Thunder are actually quite fun to watch. Presti's kind of a wizard there. The, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I mean, LeBron gave him a huge praise. I mean, talked about the team, talked about how many good young players, Giddy and then Alexander and Alexander coming back. I mean, you know, they, they they certainly have a nucleus and with all these draft picks and they they got a ton of cap room. I mean, they're still below the minimum, you know, and they didn't take on, they didn't absorb any bad contracts at the trading deadline, which I kind of thought they might do just to get to the minimum. Yeah, I mean, outside of Memphis is the best team. They're 40 and 20 ATS on the year, but Oklahoma City is your second best team as far as ATS. So 35 and 19, 35, 19 and four. I think that's what you had, Josh, right? For Oklahoma City. Exactly. And, you know, LeBron gave a shout out to OKC here, really playing this futures game with Presti. But I think they have like 24 first round picks over the next like five <laughs> years. So uh, it's kind of unbelievable here. And if you can hit on to me, Giddy and Michael mentioned this, but this kid is legit. I mean, he could be the next like Doncic type of player. He fills up the stat sheet. That could be, a, you know, a, a draft pick that they hit on that could really, you know, brighten their future moving forward. Well, you know, I think the other thing is, too, is which which happens in football all the time with the Texans. And we saw the Lions particularly is the book is kind of ex knowing that everybody wants to take the sure thing and bet against the, 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 the thunder. The line becomes inflated even more. And so there's a little bit of a tax you're paying, pay which is why I think they've covered, you know, 35 games and, and, and 35, 19 and four in terms of their coverage. And look, their point differential, they, they give up 107. They, they don't play poor defense. I mean, there, there's some teams like the Hawks, they give up 112 a night the last two weeks. So they're, they're at least competitive defensively. Just as a note, your top five covering teams ATS-wise in the association this year. Memphis, a ridiculous 66.7 cover percentage, which is nuts. Oklahoma City, Cleveland, Chicago, and Toronto. Those are your top five. Josh, we'll transition to college. You want to go Horizon here? Uh, where are you starting here in college hoops? Yeah, we'll stay in the horizon, Patrick. Talk one game that really caught my eye, Cleveland State and Detroit. So right off the bat, uh, this looks like a pretty sharp line freeze. What I mean by that is everybody is betting Cleveland State here. How can you blame them? Cleveland State, 19-7 and seven on the year, really good record. You look at Detroit, 12-13, and 13, they're below 500. So what's, uh, what really jumped out to me is the opening number. When you have a team that's way far better record here than the team that they're playing, why did Cleveland State only open as a one-and-a-half-point favorite? And the thing is, you know, even though they opened one-and-a-half, they didn't get hit. And, uh, you know, wise guys say, hey, that's too low. Let's, you know, steam it up to two or two and a half. The line stayed where it's at, open one and a half, stayed one and a half, even though heavy betting Cleveland State. And some of these one and a halves are actually trending down to one at some shop. So I grabbed the points there with Detroit. Uh, one of your top contrarian plays of the night. Again, a fishy number. Why is a 19 and 7 team uh, only laying one and a half on the road against a, a below 500 team? Detroit, pretty good at home, 7-0 and undefeated this year. And our buddy Ken Palm, who uh, ran the board, was crazy the other night. He, all 28 games uh, uh, straight up, he got right. He does have Detroit as a quote-unquote Ken Palm sound the alarm play. He has Detroit winning this game by one point. And by the way, Patrick, Detroit University, Mercy, uh, any chances that you were going to go Titans. to college there growing up in Michigan? The, the Titans, no. But what I will say is last Friday they beat Northern Kentucky 60-52. to 52. It's a good team in the horizon. They beat Wright State coming into this. So Detroit's got a nice little run going. It is obviously Cleveland State the best team in the horizon, Michael. But Detroit's playing good ball. 
Well, they got a point guard. You know, they got Anton Davis, the point guard. He's one of the best players in the conference. And when you have a point guard, you got a chance. You got a chance to, in college basketball particularly, to to kind of do some things well. And I, I think that's pretty clear that that's why they give them such an advantage. Now, they lost, They only lost – I mean, they played Cleveland State, you know, in Cleveland uh, back in the uh, middle of January, and it was a two-point game. So – uh, it's not surprising that, you know, for, despite the records, I mean, when you look at this, it's not surprising that as good as Davis is, you know, they've got a legitimate player going in there and playing at home. As Josh said, they're a good team at home. Yep, 100%. Josh is digging deep with the college plays today. Mm-hmm. Next one up, we're going to go Idaho, Sacktown, Sacramento State. So Sacramento State open one and a half. It's up to two, Josh. couple books, two and a half. Yeah, guys, I always like these games that are like really low bet. Again, we joke about it all the time, but the public didn't wake up today saying I got to bet Idaho and Sacramento State at 10 o'clock tonight. So kind of these games fly under the radar. But we know wise guys, they look at every single game on the board, comparing their numbers to what the odds makers have. And it doesn't have to be, you know, Duke, Kentucky or, you know, Duke, UNC. You know, you can cash a bet on Sacramento State the same as it would pay out, you know, with, uh, you know, with any other big name school here, Gonzaga or whoever you want to bet on. So what I like is this line movement towards Sacramento State. Sacramento State open as a one and a half point favorite at home against Idaho. You've seen this line now get steamed up to uh, pretty much around minus two across the board. A couple reasons to like Sacramento State. Um, our buddy Greg Hoops has them favored by five, so Greg's been really good with his projections this year. Bit of an edge there. Also a bad ATS, good ATS play. Sacramento State's only 8-14 and 14 against the spread, so people who have bet them have lost money versus a good ATS team, Idaho, 16-8 against the spread, so kind of a buy-low opportunity. Sacramento State's defense is much better, only giving up 71 a game versus Idaho, who gives up 81 a game. And another thing, guys, when you get to these home road splits, there's a lot of big discrepancy plays to bank on. Idaho, 1-10 on the road. They have not traveled. Give me Sacramento State on the money line to win the game. Okay. I got to be honest, I don't have a follow-up on that game. If I'm just being Don't you love it when about... I give you these weird ones? <laughs> no, we do love it. We do like going deep. I just I don't mean, have Sac a follow-up. I mean, Sac State, the worst offense and all. You know, when you're, when you're betting the worst offense in the conference, you good luck. Hold your breath. Hold your breath. That's all I'll say. Josh, three and a half to one here at South Point on Gonzaga to win a championship. That is, that's a wild number. It really is. And you're seeing Chet Holmgren, too, guys, jump up these boards. Number one overall pick, probably him, Smith, Bancaro. Uh, Holmgren's got to gain some weight, though, guys. Can we give him a couple pounds? Shibwe's going to win the wood. But, again, that Gonzaga is completely loaded. I think Timmy leaves after this year, his junior year as well. Josh, thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, guys. Amal Shaw is next. What's he burning on today? Oh, we'll find out. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, tonight you plus BetMGM means free 200 bucks. I'll tell you why. If you use the bonus code VSEN200, VSIN200 over at BetMGM tonight, uh, simply place a $10 money line wager on any NBA game, any team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win $200. It's paid for in free bets. It's for new bettors. And again, you also earn BetMGM reward points, you know, like your credit card, to be redeemed for online bonuses. Also, MGM Resorts nationwide. So it's VSIN 200. Anybody hits a three tonight, $200 paid for in free bets for new customers. Please gamble responsibly. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1 800 Gambler. 
Michael Lombardi in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. So as many of you know, Amal Shaw has a face for television. There's something called a face for radio. No, Amal has a face for TV. That's why we put him on the phone today. Amal Shaw, one half of Odds On, joins us. Amal, the moneymaker is your face, but we can't see it right now. Are you bummed out about that? I am not, but I think it's probably better for the audience anyway. <laughs> how, are you, how are you feeling? What are you burning on today? What's got you frustrated? Nothing much, you know. I was actually kind of hoping you guys had something topical that would set me off, but not, not too much. <laughs> uh, I did like the fact that I saw you going into commercial break talking about Minnesota and Memphis. So whenever we say something idiotic on our show between Mike and I, I got something to go back at John Goulet with, our executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like about Memphis, well, you know, Minnesota? Being, well, because, because, Michael, those are two hotbeds of big markets. You know, when you think about Memphis, is when, when I think of TV markets, Memphis, Tennessee is what I think of. I mean, so does FedEx. I mean, to think about it. But, I, I mean, I, I don't understand the <laughs> I don't understand the point here. Like, they're in the NBA. Where just because they're in a small market, we shouldn't talk about them? I don't understand it. Well, listen, hold on a second. That comes from David Stern. Small markets, can't, small markets don't give you ratings in the NBA Finals. That's why you can't have the Sacramento Queens in there. If it was the Kings, which should have been in there, they didn't allow that to happen. 27 free throws in the fourth quarter. You remember game six of the Western Conference Finals? You, know, you can uh, throw elbows it's... in the face of Mike Bibby, no problem. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's one of the greatest injustice of all time. I mean, you go back and listen, there's a great podcast called Whistleblower, which covers this, that whole season with the, the official Tim McConaughey and, and all that. Uh, it, it's, it's powerful. And you, you, the evidence you just cited there is even more so. And the referee in that game, I think it was, was it Jake Lamont? Who was the referee? Jake, uh, I forget his last Dick, name. Dick Pavetta. Dick Pavetta, that's right. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. I would. Well, my, my favorite thing was. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mom. Please. Just real quick, I always love that uh, on Donahue's case, uh, uh, Stern would go, well, you know, he's a convicted felon. I'm like, hey, Stern, how do you think everybody else is sitting in prison? 90% of the testimony is coming from other convicted felons. Yeah. Hall <laughs> is on one today. I, I don't know. I, I might disagree. I think Adam Silver would love to see a Cleveland Cavalier Memphis Grizzly matchup in the finals this year. No, Amal? Well, he'd have to get approval from LeBron first, and then we could see if we could allow that to happen. <laughs> That's true. Very true. How about the power Very play true. LeBron is – how about uh, how about Amal, the power play LeBron is uh, using leverage against all the, the association teams to play with his son? He's essentially saying, I'm a free agent. Wherever my son goes, I'm going to go. Yeah. Patrick, that's a great point you brought up because I was actually looking at something, guys, this morning in terms of Bronny James. I haven't really followed much of his career over at Sierra Canyon in Los Angeles, but I understand he's a junior and he's rated in the top 50 recruits for the junior class. But somebody made a great point. Players that are one and done, generally 94% of the players drafted, I think, in the first round were five stars uh, if they're a yes. one and done candidate. So he's not a five star candidate at this point in time for people that are unfamiliar with that that's a rating system that's given out to high school recruits obviously five stars being the best general you get about 20 to 25 of those types of players a year and so he's somewhere probably a little bit below that tier look i'm sure he's a terrific young player i'm just not sure is he an nba type of player i have not seen him i, I couldn't comment on that one way or the other but so let's let's transition to college basketball for a second. Yeah. Who is your sleeper team, Amal? I know Mike Palm loves Texas Tech. Who's your sleeper team in the tournament that you're looking at? And sleeper defined by uh, not sleeper like UCLA was last year, but sleeper defined by yeah. somebody in the top 20 that you feel like could really make a hard run. 
Well, I'm going to say this, Michael. I've been on Kentucky since December. And I can tell you right now, when Auburn was everybody's, uh, you know, nearest and dearest, I, I said Kentucky's the best team in this, tur- in this conference. They may not win the league, but they're going to have the best run in March. Uh, I think they got a chance. I, I feel like, obviously, they're, they're a prohibitive favorite. Um, to me, you know, the ACC doesn't really have any teams to make a run. I, I think when you look at it, I think Oregon has the capability of putting some things together. Maybe if Dana Altman could just tell Will Richardson when you're down three points, the objective is to shoot a three-point shot, not a two-pointer. But if they can get that ironed out, I think this team could maybe put some things together. Hey, speaking of college hoops, your Buckeyes are in an impossible spot tonight in Illinois. Open six. I got a couple of books going to six and a half. They beat Indiana. And by the way, Amal, I think they should have lost that game Monday night in Columbus to Indiana. They gave up a bunch of offensive boards, a bunch of second half points, an overtime win. But again, this is their third game since Saturday. They head to Illinois. Illinois rested. They beat Michigan State on Saturday. Do you have a lean here? Uh, you got to look at the Illini. I think this team has gone underrated because simply when they lost Io DeSumo to the NBA, people didn't think they'd be able to uh, perform at that level offensively. Now, Trent Frazier during his tenure in Champaign has regressed, but Plummer has been outstanding. Corbello has been great, and then we know what Kofi Coburn's been able to do for this team. So I, I, I agree with the line move here, Patrick, in terms of going up with the Illini. They've been tremendous at home outside of that hiccup that they had against um, uh, Arizona, but no shame in losing to the Wildcats. I know, Patrick, in the segment earlier I heard, you didn't mention Arizona as a team. I, I think this Wildcats team is going to be a tough out as long as Kirk Carissa doesn't have one of his performances that he had at Pauley Pavilion earlier this year. Yeah. I, I agree with you on Arizona, and I agree with you Kentucky. I, I think that those are two teams that are kind of a little bit based on the futures market, a little undervalued, especially when you know you see that Arizona isn't in the in the A class that UCLA jumped into the A class, even though Arizona's only had two losses in the in, in the conference in, and leads the conference. So I, I kind of I, I think you're right. I mean, I think Kentucky is at eight. Isn't it still eight to one? I think those are good yeah. numbers to get. Uh, that's really good because I think in the next two weeks that number's going down to three to one, two to one. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a, a different challenge at that point. If Wheeler's healthy, Patrick and Michael, and Ty Ty Washington, this team becomes yes. dangerous. Because remember one thing that I think people overlook with this team: they've got three upper class transfers. Colin Gray was outstanding in his career at Davidson. Wheeler comes in from uh, the just abomination of a program that Tom Crean runs down in Georgia, and he was smart to transfer to Kentucky, and we've seen the difference it's made on their offense. And then Oscar Sheway, who's probably going to be the National Player of the Year. I mean, is there a better superstar you can ask for on a team than Oscar Sheway? He's going to go get through the dirty work, going to get put back points, obviously clean up the glass, defend for years, do everything you need, but also not necessarily be demanding the basketball, just making winning basketball plays. He's a linebacker. He should be playing football, Shibway. Yeah. He and but mm-hmm. to your point about the backcourt there with Ty Ty and the also Baylor. Baylor's backcourt's going to get healthy as well. Baylor and Kentucky are going to get healthy in the backcourt and going to be dangerous. Them all. Patrick, I said KU's going to win the regular season, but I said Baylor's going to make a deeper run than March in Kansas. I don't believe Kansas is quite as good as they perform necessarily. I think when they face off against elite teams, it's a mismatch. Obaji and Brown, when he can be consistent, can be dangerous. Uh, but I just don't like this team as much. I think they're good. Remy Martin's been in and out of the lineup. But for me, I'm with you. I think Baylor, in March, the way they defend and they can shoot the ball at the perimeter, they can really be a dangerous out. All right. Now, here's the question I've been waiting to ask all day. When I read it, when I heard it last night, you came right to my mind. 
Amal. Uh-oh. Your reaction to Troy Aikman going to ESPN for over $17 million a year? I'd like to hear it. Patrick, step back. This could yes, get please. dangerous. Well, listen, I, my, my friend David Moulton is a Troy spotter. He thinks highly of Troy. I think Troy's a nice guy in my interactions with him uh, whenever in Dallas media. But I'm going to tell you right now, when I'm watching Monday Night Football, particularly for the fans on the East Coast, they're not trying to go to bed at 9.30, Michael. Uh-oh. So why the hell are we put Troy Aikman on this? <laughs> I saw that coming. I saw it coming, but it still worked. So you're not a huge fan of his broadcast style, that being Aikman, all. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I didn't like Romo. When I covered Romo with the Cowboys, he was not exactly media-friendly, but he's tremendous in the booth. And I think his, I think Romo, as time goes on, it will be harder for him to be able to predict the plays, but it's a lot of fun, and I think he kind of brings out a little bit more looseness out of Jim Nance. But between uh, the wannabe comedian Joe Buck and Troy Aikman <laughs> in the booth, I, it's just like, it's unbelievable. I'm like, come on, give me a break. This is a snooze fest here. He, you know what, his, he should change his name to Captain Obvious. They should replace him in those commercials for Travelocity. I love it. Wait, I, 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 I knew, agree. I knew this is what we get. I, can I, I just say, can this. I say I agree? I love Romo. I know people can't stand him. And Buck does yeah. do a broadcast like he's looking in a mirror, Michael, to be fair to what Amal just said. Buck likes to, he gets a little Mitchell, cutesy, doesn't he? Mitchell! Mitchell! <laughs> Amal Shaw, odds on is next. Who's there with you today? I think it's Mike Palm. Is Mike Palm back? He'll be showing up on your show for yeah. He'll be showing up on your show for 15 minutes since I did a segment today. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Michael. Good job with the broadcasting. Thanks, Amal. There. That was awesome. Amal Shaw's coming out up next with Mike Palm. Michael, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Have a tomorrow, good day, Patrick. Thank okay. you, Patrick. We'll see you on Friday here, Lombardi Line. Odds on next. Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. 